0: Last week, I said that my cold open was going to be a- about a book I just read about an absolutely horrendous fire okay. and uh, all the awful ways people died in it. <laughs> I remember that. Yes, but mm. um, I'm I'm going to put that off for, okay. for my next cold open, but for a very specific reason.
1: Okay.
0: Earlier this week, I finished an entirely different book. And then, Mark, I texted you and asked you a little cultural exchange question. Do you remember what that was?
2: So, any question to me that starts do you remember?
0: <laughs> the answer is no. It's
2: going to be a no. I
0: think
2: Oh yeah, it was um wait. I'm actually I'm actually actually going to recall a memory now. It was Oh, here we go. Uh, London smog.
0: Yeah, my question was um did you learn much about the great smog of London in school? Um And when I asked that, I was sort of like my thought process was I bet they just sort of brush over it and they don't really get down to how horrible the government was about it and whatnot. Uh, Your actual reaction, though, uh, was the what?
2: (laughs) Which tells you all you need to know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I had not expected this to be a thing that like you just simply never learned about at all. Fucking nothing. Yeah. It
2: was never given any. A time at all in school, the words London smog never left the lips of any of my teachers in my presence uh, as far as I remember.
0: Right. So just to confirm, this wasn't simply a unit that you zoned out or something. Oh, absolutely
2: uh, not. Nope.
0: Yeah. I also asked Sam and Richard uh, if they'd ever heard of the Great Smog of London and where right. they'd heard of it. If they, You're going to have to
2: pause a second because this is fucking wild.
0: Okay. At
2: half nine, at half past nine, right in front of me on Channel 5, a show has just started called The Great Fog of
0: 1952. Stop! No! I am
2: fucking serious. In the 1950s, a devastating fog descended on London, enveloping the capital
0: for several days. Holy shit! What? It's fucking right there! It, no! <laughs> oh my gosh, that is insane. That's incredible.
2: And look... I shit ye not. I, I, I'm I'm gonna send you a fucking picture of this, just so you. <laughs> just so you know, this isn't something I've contrived.
0: <laughs> I mean, I believe you, but that is deeply wild. That a thing that you had never heard of. earlier You were telling week, me,
2: and the TV are telling me at the same as time. As
0: I'm telling you about it, the yeah. TV decided to tell you about this. This isn't there even you go. like check that out. This wasn't a recent book that I was reading either. Like that is so insane. Uh, That's, yeah, th- that that is insane old, That's so... fucking wild Wild
2: huh. Well Should I just, uh, don't, don't watch it <laughs> I was just going to say Do you want to just
0: <laughs> Not Forget just it the... just, okay. Can you just Yeah just turn the volume up And we'll, we'll play that For the listeners
2: <clears throat> Whoa, isn't that no. funny
0: That is amazing That's truly Joag always With the finger on the pulse Yeah
2: always Mani- With the manifesting Incredible Wild
0: Well Mark Yeah please <laughs> Um, as I was saying, I had asked, uh, Richard, um, and Sam, you know, if they'd heard of this and where this came from. And and to be fair, if I ask Richard anything, I assume he's not Richard, Sam. If I ask Sam anything, I assume he's going to know because that man knows everything. He does. Um, and so, uh, Richard and Sam both had heard of it, but, uh, Richard had like kind of a passing uh, knowledge of it. And Sam said that he had learned of it like because he reads encyclopedias religiously. So nobody had learned of this from their school.
1: Mm.
0: And this is absolutely wild to me because this is a hell of a story of mass death. And I guess Londoners just kept calm and carried on afterwards. Uh, is it
2: 1950? Is that correct? Or
0: 18? 1952. It's quite close.
2: 19... It's quite recently. That's within my dad's lifetime.
0: That's within both of my parents' lifetime. (laughs) Like, that's Mm. recent. And it will get more recent, this story. But this, as a result, goes out to all of our British friends out there who maybe also have not heard anything about this. Mm. It's the story of the Great Smog of 1952. Now... As I think is pretty common knowledge, London was no stranger to either smog or fog. Um, and they even had a term for a particularly heavy yellow-green tinged Can we just tinge super one.
2: quickly, what is the difference? I will get there. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> In like two sentences. <laughs> Great. Uh, so yeah, they even had a term for a particularly heavy yellow-green tinged one. A pea super. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, like I'd heard the, the term before for sure. In fact, this is kind of funny. Um, happy birthday, Leanne. But uh, Leanne's grandfather, um, when he served in World War II, talked about um, being like peacoats, right? Yeah. Um, and he was like, yeah, we, we laughed about this because it was kind of a rambling old man thing to be talking about. But he had this <laughs> ramble about peacoats are called that uh, from the pea fog. It was like when we were in London, you know, you'd get these thick yep. fogs, the pea fog, and that's why you had a pea coat that you wore. Um so there you go, a pea super. <laughs> so, these nasty polluted fogs in London can be traced back all the way to the 13th century and by the 19th century was pretty much a feature of the city, all because of course of the burning of coal. Oh, I see. Historically, this has gotten so bad that King James I had actually tried to pass legislation to limit the burning of coal in the 16th century. It wasn't super effective, though, and once industrialization came around in the late 18th century, things only got worse. Did you have something to say? No, 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 I didn't. Okay. (laughs) According to the Encyclopedia Britannica, the fog worked like this. Uh, Water vapor would stick to particulates released by coal-burning factories, producing Uh dark and heavy clouds that impaired visibility. This is, of course, what we refer to as smog. I see. A combination of the words smoke and fog, Beautiful. which was coined by Dr. Harold Antoine Devois in nineteen oh five. This is the atmosphere that we think of when we read or watch adaptations of Dickens' works or Sherlock Holmes or stuff Mm -hmm. about Jack the Ripper. Everything always looks dingy and dark and gross, and it's because the Industrial Revolution polluted the shit out of the already polluted air, and no one in power was super interested in doing anything about it. Besides... No one knew just yet exactly how bad for you a coal smog was, Mm. and regular citizens were also benefiting from, you know, being able to heat their homes and Mm. things like that. In fact, in the aftermath of World War II, Londoners became real attached to the idea of hearth and home as a return to normalcy and reprieve from the chaos. So 78% of Britons used coal in their homes in 1942, and Given its symbolic importance, it was yet another reason not to push much regulation of the practice.
2: Mm. But I mean, knowing if, knowing how much carnage and sickness was wrought upon the families, uh, minors, you know, uh, mm, emphysema, mm-hmm. black lung, you know what I mean?
0: Exactly. Uh, it,
2: it doesn't shock me to hear that particulate laden fucking fog would be particularly healthy on the <laughs> old breeders, right. you know?
0: Precisely that yeah like if you if you really think about this you know that miners died at yeah, incredible yeah. rates extremely young uh, from being in those coal mines and that's it doesn't change it's not like a whole other thing once you put it in your yeah, house exactly it's the same thing um, so on the evening of December 5th 1952 uh, when a supremely heavy pea super settled over London it was notable but not necessarily cause for alarm. Or at least not as far as Londoners knew, but this was a very different smog—a deeply dangerous and deadly one. The day hadn't started like that; it was actually quite clear and crisp that day. But it's December. London mm. was gripped by a cold snap, which yep. meant that as soon as folks got up, they Burn started up. stoking, yeah, yes. started stoking those coal fires to warm up yeah, their homes. It's and a their right
2: cold house. one today, isn't it? Check and have a bit of coal on the fire, Mum.
0: Hmm. Yeah, exactly that. Thank you for the... I like that little...
2: What, warms your fingers, doesn't it? <laughs> Gather round!
0: It's worth noting that old Ebenezer Scrooge had the right idea, refusing to heat his offices because the thousands of tons of soot produced by all this coal burning soon saw a thick, yellowy-brown smog overtake Scrooge the city.
2: Scrooge did nothing wrong.
0: Scrooge did nothing wrong. Justice for Scrooge. <laughs> According to the Met Office, 1,000 tons of smoke particles, 2,000 tons of carbon dioxide, 140,000 tons of hydrochloric acid, and Whoa. 14 tons of fluorine compounds were released into the air every hydrochloric day. Hydrochloric acid. Of the fog. Oh, it gets worse. 370,000 tons of sulfur dioxide were converted into 800 tons of sulfuric acid. Oh, that's. In other words, acid rain. I said, "Yeah,
2: there's like something weird about the fog today. <laughs> burning me, burning me skin."
0: Exactly. Mm. This is precisely what's happening. Wear your pea coat. <laughs> What's called an anti-cyclone had settled over the city, which is quote a high-pressure weather system that caused an inversion whereby cold air was trapped below warm air higher up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So essentially, it's forcing the smog to the ground Convection. where it stays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The consequence <coughs> of this was that the emissions couldn't be released into the atmosphere and they get trapped lingering near the ground level, which was catastrophic. What made matters so bad was that Londoners had been encouraged to use a cheap form of coal, oh, known no. in the most British phrase possible as nutty slack. It got got the name from the fact that it was essentially coal dust, which is known as slack, Mm. and a few lumps of coal, known as nuts. Yep. It is the dirtiest of the dirty coal and produces a shit ton of smoke. And Winston Churchill's conservative government told Londoners that they should absolutely use this cheap toxic stuff so that they could export the good coal abroad. There we go. make that money.
2: Once again, capitalism does its thing.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's this whole story, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The smog essentially brought London to a standstill. It was so thick, some people, particularly in the east end of London, reported that they couldn't see their feet. Driving... Oh, go ahead.
2: I can't see my plates of meat (laughs) in this pea super.
0: (laughs) What is it? A pea super. No, you can't see what?
2: I can't. I can't see my plate of meat.
0: <laughs> Certainly not.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Where's my <me> feet gone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Driving was a lost cause. Actually, and people,
2: people hmm. died. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thinking True. about it, maybe.
0: They didn't die from not being able to see their feet, though. Right. So okay. Okay. that part can be Fine. a little funny. I'm uh, technically Okay. <laughs> you're technically okay it's a fine line but i think you're all right um people who'd set out for work and errands just straight up abandoned their cars on the roads because it was Mm. too dangerous to go anywhere with zero visibility like people were literally (laughs) driving down the street or the road i mean thank uh, you
2: very nice very nice
0: (laughs) nice catch right very nice uh (laughs) With their heads out the windows of the cars trying to, like, be able to get, like, a slightly clearer view, which obviously did not work. Um, In fact, transportation in general became a non-starter. Boats on the Thames couldn't operate, nor could buses or planes. Emergency vehicles were more or less powerless to get wherever they needed to be. And criminals, seeing an opportunity, amped up their muggings and robberies, knowing no one could see them once they disappeared into the fog. The streets were literally coated in a black ooze, and people who went out would return home looking like chimney sweeps, just coated in black soot, all up in their nose and everything. And the smog didn't just stay outside, of course. It crept into buildings and homes, mm. uh, canceling movies and theater performances as no one could see the screen or the stage through the fog. Uh, I read one thing where a guy. Indoors. Said that indoors. A guy said that he went to the cinema and when he went in, they let him come in for free. And he was like, that's weird. And then he walked in and realized that you couldn't see the screen beyond three rows from it. That's how thick the fog was inside the building and along with that the walls and furniture inside places became greasy as a result of this yeah not not ideal and on top of all these practical issues this smog was not so much a pea soup as as history.com put it a poisonous stew it smelled like rotten eggs and with Mm. no wind to disperse it at all it Sulfur, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So it settled over a 30-mile area and it just sat there. With Londoners doing their best to just ignore it and go about their day-to-day business. Mm. But something awful was happening. People weren't just having trouble going about that business. They were dropping dead while doing it. Hospitalizations increased 48%. Suddenly, undertakers were finding themselves in a coffin shortage. Florists in a flower shortage. There was a seven-fold increase in deaths from bronchitis and pneumonia, and a nine-fold increase in the death rate in the east end of London. If you were young or old or had asthma or smoked, you were yeah. especially vulnerable. Mark, yeah. I'm sorry, you would not have made it. No, <laughs>
2: I would have been another victim.
0: You would have... Absolutely not made it through this week. I'd be brown uh, bread. You'd be brown bread, mate. I'd be brown bread because of this pea soup. <laughs> and in 1950s London, much like 2023 London, pretty much everyone fucking smoked. Cattle were literally choking to death in fields and farmers had to make gas masks for them to preserve their yeah. herds. They had to put gas masks on
2: cows. Get out. They put out. gas masks get on cows. Get the they, fuck yeah. off this podcast.
0: Yeah, because it was literally right. like it was that, or you lose your entire herd of cows. They were as- asphyxiating in the fields.
2: Did just not to want to get hung up on this particular detail. Can you? Can do they manufacture gas masks for cows, no. or was, they, was this? No,
0: no, no. They had to figure out ways right. to make them from shit they had lying around. Which I can imagine if you had like a. a good-sized herd of cattle probably mm. took a lot of time and effort
1: what they would do
0: yeah i don't know i would love to see and i should google it but i would love to see a picture of the cows and their little gas masks
2: well uh, i've got the tv show on in front of me with a volume down and if one should appear i'll let you <laughs> yeah, know <but> just <laughs> back there when you quick... were talking about it it was as though you were narrating the show because the images on there were pretty much <laughs> You know, this is amazing. Synced up with what you were saying. It was great.
0: I love this. See, I, this is, I'm missing out on my calling, narrating <laughs> really? documentaries about London. Um, so people's lips were turning blue. Their eyes and throats and noses and even their skin burned, you know, acid in the yeah, air. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, people were so overcome. They died in their armchairs and beds without ever even making it to the doctor or the hospital. Oh, that's
2: fucking horrid.
0: Awful. Um, For five days straight, London suffered through the smog, watching their co-workers and loved ones get sick and in many cases die. And as it was happening, the government basically shrugged. While there actually were a few MPs who attempted to bring a sense of urgency about what was happening, overall, Parliament wasn't really convinced. Or at least they acted like they weren't. (laughs) Could pollution really be the culprit? We should probably just wait it out and see. Mm. Uh, Winston Churchill, prime minister at the time, never even bothered to make a statement about it. Just supremely uninterested in the entire thing happening. On the fifth day, finally a wind blew through and cleared the noxious cloud. At least 4,000 people had died from the smog that week. That week, in one city, at least 4,000 had died. And in total, it's estimated 12,000 Londoners died as a direct result of that five days of smog. Yeah. And that wasn't the only effect, obviously. Not everyone died. (laughs) You know? Uh, Children who were in their first year of life during that smog were 20% more likely to develop asthma in childhood and 9.5% more likely to develop it as adults. Yep. In utero, exposure led to an 8% increase in asthma, And I think it goes without saying that children and adults who were exposed, particularly those who already had health problems, experienced lingering effects as well, although they may not have been as easily quantifiable as the asthma was. It would take four years before Parliament finally passed the Clean Air Act of 1956. The act restricted coal burning in urban areas, allowed local councils to set up smoke-free zones, and offered grants to help homeowners switch to non-coal heating methods. The switch to alternative sources didn't happen overnight, though, and deadly smogs continued to happen, including one ten years later in 1962 that killed 750 people. 1962, Mark. Where, I mean, when uh, when there's
2: talk of London in the swinging sixties, kind of murder <laughs> clouds <talks> about
1: this. <laughs> don't
2: really feature in you know in the in the kind of the. Uh, Carnaby Street, Austin Powers fucking, right. you know, uh, stories that we hear of London in I, that I mean, that's,
0: that's such a great point because obviously, like I said, when we think of stuff like Dickens and stuff like that, yeah, yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously think of those dark clouds yes. over London and just how grimy it all was and everything. We're yeah. not, that's not the picture that we think no of when we think of 1960s yeah, no one's London. Yeah, skin is burning. Ah! Right, yeah. 750 people just dropping dead in London in the 60s and no one mentioning it. Like, it's wild that that feels like a small and unremarkable number of people compared to 12,000 and it really did not make a huge impact.
2: So why has this been scrubbed from
0: Well, we'll we'll get there. Just give me one more second to tell you there's more things like this. Mm. (laughs) Deadly smogs like this had happened before this, too. Uh, So the death rate had increased overnight several times during the 1880s, 1890s, and even in 1948. So, again, fairly recent when it comes Mm. down to it. As a result of the Clean Air Acts of nineteen fifty six and then a later Clean Air Act of nineteen sixty eight, though, London hasn't seen a pea super since the sixties. So, you know, I've been there, aside from the vape smoke, <laughs> the yeah, air sure. is pretty clear and clean yep. uh, in that city. But this you've is what You've also got like the you...
2: congestion charge, you've also got The what? Uh, congestion charge. Within certain zones of London you have to pay a fee if you're gonna take your car okay. in there.
0: Yeah yeah. Yeah, this is that's exactly the kind of thing that came out of yeah. the 1965 version of uh-huh. of the Clean Air Act was, you know, adding zones like that um where you have to have lower emissions and things yep. like that. Um so but yeah, like what you just asked is exactly it. This is as I was reading this book this week, it made me think of our conversation last week about like what real conspiracy theories are and how mm, what you yeah, had said about yeah, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. was what it really is is context, right? It's about like what you get to know and then the context that is left out around those kinds uh-huh. of things and how, you know, it's mundane. It's not like tangled webs of intrigue. But a lot of the response to the great smog from the government was basically exactly like COVID response. Um, And a lot like the general response to climate change, where it was more important to keep everything moving and not acknowledge the danger because if people recognized that coal was killing them en masse, they might, you know, stop working and start protesting and things like that. And changing things is expensive. like. yes. Obviously, they had to give out grants to yeah, I mean, you, help you, people to change things over.
2: You talk about you talk about COVID, right? I, mm-hmm. the, the, as time goes on and as we learn more about the response to that, I am more convinced than I've ever been that. The death toll and human well-being and, you know, people were second or maybe even third a priority in decisions that were being made yeah it's the response was in two very different ways yeah
0: but yeah exactly that you know both the initial lockdowns were meant to try to preserve you know let's keep people from getting sick so that they can go back to work and then once that didn't work it was let's pretend this isn't happening so that people will go back to work right and that's been extremely effective um, which is exactly what was happening here with coal, which is what happens with climate change. Mm. Um, during this, there were even battles over masks and whether face coverings should be ha. encouraged or discouraged. Um, there was no inquiry into the smog or the thousands of excess deaths. Uh, the, base, the government basically just said, hey, if we don't talk about it, we won't have to deal with it. And oh, this one, again, climate change and COVID right here. They emphasized personal responsibility, Wonderful. Essentially being like, sure, the smog is bad for you maybe, um, but actually if you were negatively impacted, it, it was probably because you were a smoker
1: mm. or you
0: kept yourself in poor health. Yes. Or, or maybe you picked a job that made you vulnerable, but mostly yeah. it was the smoking. Yeah. So now it has nothing to do with the structures, right? <laughs> this is... Always how it works. To keep the mechanisms of capitalism and the power structures yes. functioning, it has to be our fault and, and isn't our even faci- responsibility. That is a
2: facetious thing to say. That is no. always the way it it's plays out.
0: It's always how it works. It can't be a failure of the government. It's our fault for doing it. Mm. Uh, it has to become an ev- inevitability, like getting sick from COVID. We throw our hands up and say, well, it's up to you to keep yourself from getting it if you're scared. Mm. But certainly we can't expect the government to provide measures to keep us from dying of a preventable, pre- preventable illness. And if we simply stop talking about it, everyone will stop thinking about it. If we don't say how many people are dying, then nobody's dying as far as we know. Yeah. So the last time people died en masse from one of these smogs was just 16 years before you were born. <laughs> ah, well, <laughs> Right. wild. Well. And you know nothing about it. Mm. There were no mass protests, just Londoners carrying on until Parliament felt enough time had passed to act without it directly looking like they were acknowledging what had happened.
2: But on the bright side, at (laughs) least we learned from it. (laughs) Didn't
0: we? No, honestly, though, that is... I mean, there's really no bright side to over nope. 12,000 people dying. Nope. But this was considered one of the first major environmentalist moves, basically worldwide, the the mm. Clean Air Act. And in fact, America wouldn't have their own Clean Air Act until a decade after England put theirs into place. So at that point, that was really the first time that that had kind of been acknowledged, like pollution really does uh, kill people and we need to make sure that we are doing everything that we can to provide clean air and to legislate on this level. Uh, the,
2: the conversation that we had, uh, you know, our friends and I, while we were talking about this in our uh, signal group, mm. the the curriculum in junior school, te- you know, you've got Egypt is in there, the Tudors, <laughs> you know, right. uh, I remember vividly learning about Stonehenge when I was in course, school, right? right? We built a fucking huge model of Stonehenge out of crisp boxes. It was fucking uh-huh. wicked.
0: Yeah, I believe that Romans are something that plays very. Absolutely, uh, Romans. Into your uh, yeah,
2: that's all in there. That's all in there. <laughs> but something from our very, very recent history with, that had such a fucking huge and horrid effect. Yeah. Not a whisper, nothing at all.
0: It's bananas and that... I know li-
2: uh, before this, oh, before you start, before this podcast started, I literally knew more about Egyptian burial practices than I did <laughs> about that.
0: <laughs> and I don't think you're the only one, Mark. Mm. I think that this is actually probably fairly common, mm. uh, especially from, you know, I obviously read a book about this, but then finding other sources and whatnot to talk about this. Um, they're not, they're kind of scant, Um in terms of like oftentimes when I try to research something it's like there's dozens and dozens of like very similar hits and stuff like that because a lot of people are talking about it where this um on the plus side a lot of the sources were more um like official about it uh but yeah it's I mean this is exactly the kind of thing that we talk about on here right just the idea of of, like the kinds of things that the framing of our education the framing of kind of the propaganda of life and our media and stuff leave out <laughs> and it's you know seems kind of important
2: let me quote directly from my notes if I may yes please do fucking look at these nerds oh mise en scene I
0: don't think anyone has ever said mise en scene in such a horny way before the way I
2: whispered the word sex cannibal Worst
0: comes to worse Mark I'm willing to guillotine you for science
2: thank you that's really really sweet it's you cold know? outside but my pancreas is talking to me I'm fucking <laughs> I'm gonna let it
0: You know how I feel about
2: that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. I just want us to check in a little bit this week, right, with the fucking, the realities that Mm. the world around you is only one tiny little part of what's really going on, you know? Oh,
0: jeez. Yeah, you're you trying to activate my neuroses right out, well, right out the gate Well, not,
2: not right now, but maybe before the end of this episode, I might have tweaked <laughs> these synapses show is a little bit. But, you know, people walk around, don't they, in their world of, mm. you know, sandwiches and fucking bus tickets and aunt and deck. I fucking love a sandwich. Oh, so do I. And that, you know, that it, it's almost like the the spectrum of visible light. Mm. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: For for us socially, the bit that we're exposed to, the bit that we see, the visible bit, there's so much more going on above and beyond that spectrum and beneath it true. that we just aren't exposed to, that we don't fucking know is there. <laughs> but that's what I like to call the Joag Zone,
0: right? Ooh, the Joag Zone.
2: The fucking. Oh. Right? That's the yeah. fucking. That's what we're doing. That's what we're. That's the territory that we're mapping out week by week on this podcast. That's true. Yeah. Yes. The bits that you don't see The bits that maybe you see but you push to one side Push them to the back Of your mind Well we won't let you push them to the back of your mind No Right? Heaven forbid we
0: let you have a moment's peace We won't let you
2: And do you know what I think The fact that you hit play every week Mm. Tells me a little something about you Darling listener The (laughs) fact that you come here looking for these truths That tells me that you've On some level Become aware that this other fucking world exists beneath the one that you know, yeah. That tells yeah. me that you know something isn't right. You know that there's more. You know that you aren't getting the full fucking story, and you're seeking truth. That's maybe what Joag is. It is the fucking ultimate expression of your need for justice.
0: Mm. This is getting very Night Valley. I'll hail mm. the gl- the glow cloud. <laughs> <I don't know laughs> but what yes, you're correct. Okay, well. It's a great show. <laughs> Anyways, uh yeah, so that's where which this is, is to going. Say, Hello. I'm <laughs> Yeah. Which is to say, hi everybody. <laughs> uh coming in hot.
1: <laughs>
0: Honestly, it's kinda nice when you match my intensity when we come into a Joe because sometimes mm. it's like I, I start with some really horrible story and that's then just
2: ruining like, <sighs> my night. There yeah. Yeah.
0: There goes there goes me. But today you're on my level, so.
2: Yeah, very much so. And I um what's the what's the best way of describing it? I feel a little bit uh betrayed mm. at it It seems like there's been some kind of collective decision to just scrub the you know, British memory of this smog fucking event. You know? Right?
0: You know? Yeah.
2: yeah. Who's making that decision? Who is deciding that we don't want the kids learning about that. Who's making that decision?
0: You know, this is... I am always so fascinated by that kind of thing because, again, this is like... It's like real conspiracy versus, you know, the tangled web. Yeah, It's like all it takes, really, is kind of a, like... You know, a group of people who who would have any say over this, just not talking about it. It doesn't have to be. There's no nefarious back room where they all go, oh, we got to keep this out of the textbooks. They simply don't mention it. And then the teachers don't know about it either. Yeah. And what are they going to teach? A thing they've never heard of?
2: Yeah. And then before you know it, all the survivors have died.
0: Yeah. Right. And it isn't taught
2: anymore and it isn't spoken about anymore. And before you know it, it didn't fucking happen.
0: Yeah. And I think that is... That is what is so fascinating, specifically about this case, because it wasn't that long ago, right? Like nope. it's in both of my parents' lifetime. Yes, um, you know they were babies, obviously, but like you know, my my grandmother would have yep. been a, a full-grown person at this point. Yep. Um, and to have twelve thousand people yep. disappear from your pop- populace, you're going to have yes. pretty much everyone must have known while someone they who were died.
2: while they were just going about their lives. They were just doing just their going best in London, trying to go hand-in-hand hand through their park yeah. life. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think and... this
0: is the kind of thing that is very specifically British because yeah. of that, like, keep calm and carry on mentality yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the sort of British tendency towards, like, seeing suffering as kind of, like, a badge of honour and things like that, where I think, like, this would have kind of, in America, would have been, like, a giant scandal. Um, I think there's uh... something to the way brits handle this stuff
2: i think more and more the keep calm and carry on bit is becoming more and more of a myth
0: yeah i i'm not talking about now i no, mean of, okay, we're talking course, immediately okay. post world war ii there's <laughs> very know?
2: little keep calm and carry on in the country at the moment
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think that that is yeah your eh, your, ain't much your of that upper around. lips are no longer stiff no sir they are in, <laughs> in the flaccid UK. yes but certainly in 1952
2: Upper lips flapping all over the shop.
0: <laughs> and so, yeah, I think that there is something to... I don't know that you could lose in 2023 12,000 people no, in sir. London from a preventable cause. Well, I don't know. It's worked with COVID. I, so I, yeah, and
2: I, <laughs> I think, to be honest, you'd probably have people questioning the narrative. You're not exactly. hearing much about this smog on the mainstream media, are you? you know?
0: <laughs> or if you were, the fog yeah. is like some sort of liberal... You know, plot or something like that <laughs> yeah. to, to yeah. keep us from living our lives, you know. So is there's a whole different by set of issues. The trans
2: community. I, I right, exactly.
0: I mean. J.K. Rowling would be out there explaining <laughs> how gender affirming care is the it's reason
2: causing, for, the,
0: for the cloud.
2: It's causing a toxic miasma to emerge from the nation's capital. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. So, you know, it would be different, uh, but I don't think that you would necessarily be able to sweep it under the rug the same way and have people kind of go along. So
2: take it. a second to uh just say the phrase toxic miasma again
0: <laughs> that's a good phrase thank you also like as soon as you you said it ghost started playing in my head yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's I what that as well. that was. <laughs> no, I was like trying it's like that's not what was happening
2: in my brain but, okay. <laughs> yeah yeah i know the one
0: <laughs> you know ghost
2: When I see him in June, I'm gonna just be shouting that down the front. (laughs) Every song. Play that one.
0: Oh no. Yeah. So, anyways, we are yeah both coming in hot this week. Um, But we're very glad that you are here with us. Hopefully, I don't know if I want you to be on our level or you know. I hope maybe you're not.
2: Yeah, you can't bring this energy to your daily life.
0: No. No, it's probably not a good idea.
2: No. Uh, (laughs) Not that we don't. But this is the zone you find us in Mm -hmm. this week, friends. But that isn't to say that we aren't fucking absolutely super grateful that you've taken the choice to join us once again. We're your friends on the dark side and we love it here.
0: Indeed. And you know what? Hey, it's it's not a bad day. Um, It was a really nice day out here today. Mm. Absolutely beautiful. Um, And... It's AEW Revolution night, so there's that. It
2: is, yep. Absolute social media blackout for me from tomorrow morning until I can uh, get to watch it. I think it's going to be a big one. I think it's going to be a big one.
0: Yeah, the card is insane for this particular Revolution, Um, and the nice thing is that uh, normally by the time I wake up, you've already watched it uh, because you (laughs) you get on it so quickly so that you don't get anything spoiled for you. So. By the time I wake up, I expect that there will probably be commentary on this. I will say, though, you know, I haven't been sleeping super well, if, as we've discussed many times. Mm. Uh, I, these...
2: hate to, I hate that. I hate to hear that.
0: <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. The thing is, these AEW pay-per-views are so fucking long. Oh, and are. being on the East Coast, it's like they always end after midnight. And I mm. am just like, like the last one, my sister and I were watching it, and I think at 11 45 or something like that i kept on falling asleep and texting nonsense to her <laughs> and she was like i think you should probably just, just call
2: it a night call it yeah. a night sis
0: <laughs> you gotta you gotta let it go you can watch the rest of it tomorrow and i was like but i'm right.
2: super pumped cannot wait
0: yeah it's gonna be a good one um we had a watch along this weekend
2: we did uh, uh obviously one one that was subject to my usual dickery Mm -hmm. and lack of anything approaching you know (laughs) rigor and
0: i love that like i had specifically texted you in the morning i said hey um i texted you the night before and i was like hey don't forget to put up a poll in the morning make sure all the movies are available yeah i know you said that yeah yeah (laughs) i'd also said said put asylum on the poll there were a few things that didn't quite make it
2: I get the impression that you're slowly becoming concerned about my inability to make new memories. A
0: little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean... I I don't remember things. I I
2: can't remember things.
0: Before this... Before we started recording, dear friends, uh, Mark said that Yellow Jackets was coming back. And I was like, obviously, I won't be watching it, but I'm happy for you. And Mark said, I thought you liked Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I thought you enjoyed it. Anyone who has a memory who's been listening to this show knows we've talked about multiple times why yeah. I did not enjoy Yellow Jackets. And so, yeah, I'm a little concerned about your brain matter, sir. And
2: I'll be just th- thinking about it. it. It is something which feels like it's gotten worse. It has. Of late. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a little, it's a little concerning. I say, you know, keep a little... Well, I start eating like a little bit of a Mediterranean diet or whatever. I think that's supposed to keep your brain. <laughs> eat enough cucumbers or whatever in your brain. Yeah. That tapas, do me. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was, I, was, I don't yeah, think that's the kind it. of Mediterranean. That'll death. sort it. I think you're supposed to eat like Greek, not like Barcelona. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> but either way, you know, a thing to work on. But yes, uh, as we, we, had watch said, them, yes. we had, so you put the pole up. Yep, um, and we ended up with a three-way tie. Three out of four of the movies,
2: uh, with the topic being anthologies. Anthologies. And I'm quite yeah. pleased with the one that we ended up mm-hmm. on. I'd never seen Cat's Eye before. Stephen yeah, King's I'd never Cat's, seen Eye. Cat's Eye either. Very interesting, strange little film.
0: Yeah, it's isn't it? I like that. You know, the thing about Cat's Eye is that, like, overall, it doesn't like totally make a ton of sense no but there are some really batshit moments in it that are like there an are. absolute pleasure yeah. to watch and you
2: know uh I, th- I think it was colin who said that you know this is peak mid cocaine frenzy stephen king material we're getting here and yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it does the the individual sections of cats i do have the vibe of some of his anthology books mm-hmm. you know what i mean some of his short stories have ridiculous fucking premises oh yeah, yeah um definitely and yeah, oh, but I've got such wonderful memories of reading his anthologies, Bag of Bones yeah. and Four Past Midnight. They're so good, and, and <laughs> all the others—they're great.
0: Yeah, and so Cat's Eye was a, a fun time, you know. Uh, mm. I think it was like the, it was a good sweet spot where it's like you can chat about it and all that stuff, but it's also like fun to watch at the same time. Yes,
2: yeah, very much so, and of course, as always, uh, the crew that we assembled. Uh, just, just a made the experience into something entirely different and fun.
0: Yeah and you'd even had like an impromptu watch along the night before um, yeah, to watch yeah, yeah, Evil yeah. Dead 2 as well uh-huh. so it's kind Continue of a weekend of, of friends of
2: movies and chatting away on Discord uh, I'm gonna, the plan is to do Army of Darkness before next weekend and I'm still gonna see if Pete will watch that with me and wouldn't get him on.
0: Beautiful, yes yeah. and then he can come and talk to us about it Yes he can Excellent. And now he's a pro, you know, he's a, he's a, what's that game called that he does the YouTubes of? Roblox. Roblox. Yes. He's a Roblox vlogger. He's a blogger. Roblox YouTuber.
2: No. Yeah, him and his, yeah. uh, him and two of his mates have set up a YouTube <laughs> channel and it's the cutest thing. It's so cute. They oh play Roblox gosh. while recording using this very microphone and I've taught them how to sync the the audio up to the video and all that and it's mega Look cute.
0: Look it's so great. I love it. So Hopefully now that he he's sticks in... at it,
2: and I can retire yeah. off, off him.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just yeah. have to make sure he doesn't become an asshole. That's the key part of being a YouTube parent.
2: If he's an asshole who gets like millions of views, crack on, kiddo. <laughs> just monetize <laughs> your assholery.
0: <laughs> I can only imagine that this is probably what the Paul parents. Have said as well. Yes. Um, But yes, so delightful times with that. We also, hey, it's the first episode of the month of March.
2: It is. Now Uh, is the month of marching. Also, spring has sprung.
0: Spring has sprung. Sink in March.
2: Yes, it feels good. We're getting a little bit more light in the evening. I'm still I'm still sleeping like a log, which is beautiful. I've still got I'm, I'm still in that fantastic frame of mind, so mm-hmm. yeah, nothing to complain about here.
0: Absolutely not. Uh, now we are. It is this month that I will be in London and to the rest oh, of the UK. It, this month? So it is this month. I I arrived there like the twenty seventh or something like that. Wild. So. Yeah, it's coming up. Well,
2: with like it being the first episode of the month, we have some shout-outs to do, do we not?
0: We do. Yeah, that's the important thing. First episode uh-huh. of the month, it's time to shout out our Ko-fi supporters of which we have gained several recently, which is really delightful.
2: Yeah, very nice. Thanks folks, more people doing the right thing. Uh we've also gained quite a few new listeners of late.
0: Yeah, the which stats is weird. I are thought to
2: be believed.
0: <laughs> I told I told Mark before we started recording too that like like a month and a half ago or so, I started seeing like a huge influx uh, of listeners. Um, and so I, of course, assumed that was a fluke. Mm. I was like, oh, there must be like a glitch or RSS feeds repopulating or something that caused this to happen. But it, it appears that it's not. There's a lot more people listening to us um, than there were before. And I don't know what caused people to, to join and yep. start the JOAG journey, but Hi, welcome.
2: If you're new, then you now can consider yourself thrice blessed Mm -hmm, amongst the ranks of those joining us on the Joag journey. You are so welcome.
0: So welcome. Extremely. We're so happy that you're here. Yes. Um, And there is, of course, uh, a specially blessed posse of people who uh, have done the right thing. And subscribed to our Ko-Fi, the ko-fi.com slash jack of all graves, where they receive various perks throughout the month, including, you know, videos and sidecasts and video rants and all kinds of things like that. Um, At a certain level, they get mail, all of that stuff. Um, And it is super helpful to us because constantly I am finding new expenses (laughs) For this podcast <laughs> it seems like every few days I suddenly realize that we need something else um, and so it's really helpful to me to have that little windfall of people supporting us and you know helping us with software and equipment and subscriptions to things and all of that kind of stuff so if you want to be a part of that Check out our link tree, our bio on all those kinds of things and everything. And you can be a part of that posse as well. Yep. And one of yep. those things that we do every month on the first episode is give little shout outs to those yes. people who have joined us on that journey.
2: And uh, what I'm going to be doing this month is for each of you who have fucking done the right thing on Ko-Fi, I'm going to be dedicating to each of you a movie that I have awarded between half a star and one and a half <laughs> stars on Letterboxd, yes. I'm going to quote the movie to you and tell you one thing that I hated about it.
0: Oh, beautiful mini Marco's video rants. What do you think of that?
2: What do you fucking Marco's think audio
0: rants. I am very excited about this. Uh, right. So, hey, even if you do not subscribe, you get to benefit from uh, the <laughs> shout outs that the people who do get. So why don't we just jump right into that?
2: Let's do it. Dive on in. Dive on in.
0: All right. What have you got for Steven Root?
2: Steve, buddy, uh, Rob Zombie's recent abortion of the monsters. <laughs> uh, it
0: Controversial. Is,
2: I don't give a flying fuck. It was awful. Just an absolute mishmash of just overproduced, overdesigned, overthought and undercooked shit. Horrible film, which made me want to eat my own face.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Yep. What about our, our new friend, Thaug. Thaug. <laughs> uh, Rob Savage's absolute fucking
2: disappointment oh, dash cam. Uh just an absolute sensory nightmare which even without having the worst person in the fucking world as the lead would have still sucked.
0: This reminds me, you asked me last week what were the previews before Cocaine Bear. There is All a right, new yeah. Rob Savage joint. Oh, what's about um, now, spy
2: cam or fucking dog <laughs> camera? It's or like the funny bell? thing
0: the funny thing about it is <laughs> as this trailer was playing before, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> before I knew who made the movie, yeah, I was like, God, this looks like the most generic horror movie that I've ever seen. Like, it was just like very, those kinds of movies that are all the same where you have like a creepy kid and creeped out parents and like, you know, it's yeah. what's under the bed, like that kind of yeah. movie. I was like, oh, this is so generic. And then at the end of it, it was like directed by Rob Savage. I was like, oh, Okay. Interesting. You could
2: have been so beautiful, Rob.
0: I know. Why? Why it is this the so route?
2: fucking good for you. <sighs> anyway.
0: Anyways. For Satania.
2: Satania, uh, to you, I dedicate Reign of Chaos, a movie that <laughs> I gave to half stars. Even though I'm in the fucker, I still <laughs> couldn't bring myself to market more than half a star. For a movie wow. that... Uh, is in a post-apocalyptic world where I don't know wizards or something are trying to take the world over. I don't know. Lord, it's dull search as search me. Yep. <laughs> me being in it is the best thing about it. I'm, it's I'm true. Yeah. Confident Eating enough to say that.
0: Plastic arms or whatever in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for our dear boffin Eileen.
2: Eileen, all love to you. Uh, 2021's Tom and Jerry.
0: Oh, okay. Yep.
2: Cartoon cat and a cartoon mouse. And it isn't even about them. They're barely fucking in it. It's just terrible. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting. Okay. What about Rialda? Uh,
2: Rialda. Guns Akimbo from 2019, starring fucking Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter. Terrible. A movie Mm. very, very pleased with itself. This film is Mm -hmm. smug as fuck. Uh, Don't ever watch this film. It thinks it's crank. It's wank.
0: (laughs) Nice. Excellent work. Yep. Uh, for Emily.
2: Emily, hello there. Half a star goes to Jay and Silent Bob reboot. A toe-curlingly embarrassing fucking relic of a time long since past. The world has moved on and this film has not.
0: Oh, God, that's the worst. I hate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Joe.
2: Joe, half a star for 2020's Doolittle. Uh oh. Robert Downey Jr. pissing away all of that Tony Stark goodwill with the worst Welsh accent ever fucking committed to film. Oh,
0: that's right, I forgot. Actually,
2: about that. actually, actually, it's one of three of the worst Welsh accents I've ever seen committed to film. No, one, one of them, of them which is that
0: was... guy who's in all the the like lock stock and or Snatch uh, and things like that, right?
2: Well one of them is uh Tom Hardy in Lock.
0: Oh, is he supposed to be Welsh in that? Yes he is. Oh, yes, I wouldn't have even known, but I fucking movie. You know the one where he's in the car? Oh, yeah, oh, I love that hey, movie. Great movie, great <laughs> movie.
2: But his Welsh accent is dog egg. Uh, and the other bad one is Stephen Graham. That's Cockney the guy. That's fucking, the one you know, me. thespian darling Stephen Graham uh, in some BBC drama. He did the worst Welsh accent I've ever fucking heard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, for our boy, Nick.
2: Nick, okay, one star. And Kevin Smith's second appearance on this list for Clark's Yeesh. Three man.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Okay. No, no further, nothing, nah, nothing further else to elaborate say. on that. Just Same. terrible. Oh.
2: Just terrible. I mean, oh, look, I've said, I'm not giving that any more time. Fuck off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How about Clint?
2: Clint, the deep house. I found, fucking oh, check God. this out. How cool does this sound? I found footage movie, right? Taken from the GoPros and, and cameras from an underwater Dive into a haunted house underwater. It's like the fucking Blair Witch Project. It sounds so good. But underwater? What a fucking cool concept that these pricks ruined.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Mhm. It's boring. It makes no sense. uh, Isn't scary. And they've absolutely they've nuked that fucking idea now, so that no one else can do it either.
0: You know what? But here's the thing. Like, so Canadian boy Ryan has been watching. All of the Anaconda movies oh, lately. Oh what a boy!
2: He really has.
0: And listen, you can just do a sequel, and maybe for once make a better movie than the. That's first one true. Was. Yes. You know, don't yeah, try to that's make a, an original Deep House, but say I'm making Deep House Two, but then just make a good version of the same thing. For
2: every. Armageddon, there's a deep impact. For every ant, mm-hmm. there's a bug life. You can just yeah. do the same idea. You just can just do the do same film. Just do the same thing. It's fine. Thing. Nobody yep. saw this anyway. Yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: how about for Brie? Uh,
2: Brie, I dedicate one star to an unquiet grave in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember what this film was. Unquiet grave. I want to say it kind of like, was like an uh, Aldi version, shallow grave. Was it somebody...
0: I'm trying to think i feel like i saw this unquiet great no that's a song not
2: no i don't even remember it
0: 2020 film um on the anniversary of his wife's untimely death a man can oh i remember this a man convinces her twin sister to perform a ritual to allow him to see her oh i remember so boring god yes super boring (laughs) just deeply unforgivable deeply boring um okay speak of the devil canadian boy ryan
2: ryan mate to you i dedicate 2020's army of one uh one star it was as though like a group of people got together and decided to improvise an action film from scratch just (laughs) with things that were lying around
0: (laughs) i respect that though yeah yeah uh what about lee
2: lee mate a thief in the night That's (laughs) a
0: a Jack of all Graves OG. (laughs) It
2: really is. From episode one of Jack of all Graves, A Thief in the Night, your handbook to the rapture.
0: Amazing. Mm -hmm. Love that. Um, Richie.
2: Interestingly, Ricardo, you get 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh. Oh, Yes, indeed. Go on.
2: Uh, A film that takes the incredibly fucking brilliant and timeless concept of a killer who gets you in your dreams and dumbs it the fuck down. It, a, a screenplay that is insulting in how little fucking faith it gives you as a viewer, that it spells out and ha- holds your hand through things that, you know, should be just instinctive for you to pick up as a viewer. It's terrible.
0: <laughs> what, what have you got for James?
2: Uh, James... Uh, very recently 2023's Plane Starring Gerard Butler Oh gosh Yep <laughs> um,
0: What did you rate that?
2: One and a half stars mm. uh, It should have been a Fun Stupid Massive action movie But no It thought it was a real film And it's not
0: Boo Boo Boo,
2: Boo. Uh,
0: For Mr. Jerry Oki, The Joffman-in-Chief
2: Alright Jerry Oki, How you doing buddy? Um, fucking hell You, sir, get the one and a half star The Prey Legend of Carnocticus.
0: (laughs) But with a title like that.
2: Nah. uh, Danny Trejo and a bunch of other goons uh, failing.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, For Brother Al.
2: Bro, uh, how you doing, pal? You can have The Beach That Makes You Old.
0: What did you rate that?
2: One and a half stars.
0: I'm actually somewhat surprised that that was that low because of the fact that obviously it is a terrible movie, but Mm. what a good time was had watching it.
2: Yeah, but that was in spite of the movie, not because of the movie.
0: Valid point. Valid Mm -hmm. point. Uh, What about our dear friend Richard?
2: Richard, uh, you can have Wonder Woman 1984, a film Mm. which it is incredible to think that it exists. In the form that it does. Uh, I've said it plenty of times. The the number of people and agencies and eyes and, you know, executives that a film touches before release. And that actually made it out the door. Incredible stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, For Keo.
2: Keo. To you, sir. I... Ask you to await further instructions from 2020, star and a half, uh, almost like a a weird kind of Brit kitchen sink drama about a family who are trapped in their house. Mm. Uh, It's awful. Uh, It's a message movie, you know, it's a message movie. And the message that I'm giving you about the movie is don't bother. (laughs) What about Paul? Paul, uh, you two, uh, you get the uh, nineteen ninety three Super Mario Brothers. Hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> again, a Joag OG, which I believe I described in my very first video rant as a fantastic catastrophe, a fantastrophe.
0: No, it was a spectacular catastrophe, oh, okay. a spectastrophe. A spectastrophe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for correcting me.
0: Yeah, I got you. Yep. <laughs> um. How about our girl Anna?
2: Uh, Anna, it can only be. Uh, Leprechaun in the Hood
0: Oh, that's so perfect
2: It can only be Leprechaun in the Hood A just film where From from scene to scene No mind is paid to causality Cause and effect Mm -mm. You know, Einstein's Law of Relativity These things do not exist in (laughs) Leprechaun in the Hood Just shit happens
0: Yeah, pretty much Coolio happens
2: He does Oh, he did
0: He did, yeah Pour one out Uh, for Julio. Indeed. Uh, For Sam. Uh,
2: Sam, hello, sir. Uh, It's Disney's recent Strange World. Uh, (laughs) Awful. Just characters who speak in quips. uh, Conspicuous, ham-fisted diversity and inclusivity. And a cookie-cutter series of Disney cliches wrapped up in in a dayglow fucking bag of spew. (laughs)
0: gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, for Girl Ryan Bookseller Ryan uh,
2: Okay, Girl Ryan I, Whether or not you're prepared for the balance of power In the DC movie universe to shift or not I'm afraid you have foisted upon you Black Adam mm. uh, Again, if pushed I couldn't tell you a single thing about that film Other than it exists and I saw it
0: <laughs> That seems to be the consensus
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: For Colin
2: Let's see, Colin uh, Mamma Mia the first one? Mamma Mia, yes. One star. Uh, <laughs> a strange movie about Meryl Streep's promiscuity. And <laughs> the the traumatic effect it has on her offspring.
0: Wow. That is definitely... That's a darker way of looking that's, at that's, it.
2: I, where is the light?
0: I mean, you're not wrong. You're absolutely not wrong. Uh, also... Uh, f- cast by people who simply cannot sing.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> incidentally, I saw uh, a stage adaptation of Mamma Mia a few months ago, and it was a great laugh.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw Mamma Mia on stage whenever it was, like, originally on stage. So, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And it was a great time. Yeah, that movie is garbage, though, you're right. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, how about for our dear mom and dad, John and Laura Latour?
2: The Latours, uh, I love you deeply, but that isn't going to stop me foisting upon you the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, in an uneven franchise, this is a low point. It's as though, you know, when you get to the bottom of the barrel and then you realize, oh, fuck, there's another barrel under here. You
0: know, <laughs> which one is that one?
2: That's the one with. Uh, is that the McConaughey one? It's the, it's the McConaughey one. What's the okay, fucking yeah. name? Bridget Jones.
0: Renee Zellweger
2: there you go yeah that's the one her excellent
0: Uh, for Kevin
2: Kevin uh, you sir get to enjoy a movie called Lucky from 2020 oh god Lucky yes indeed Uh, on paper it's exactly the same film as (laughs) we're just innocent men uh, but done without a fucking without an iota of the visual panache uh, and you know creepy fucking coolness that that film gives us
0: Agreed. And finally, oh. for Jason Codera.
2: Jason, buddy, I bequeathed to you Synecdoche, New York. Um, <laughs>
0: was that another uh, video rant one?
2: Uh, bloody hell, yeah, it was. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> one and a half stars. And that is 100% a reflection on me and not the movie. Mm. Because, like I said at the time, there's another version of me in another fucking layer of the Dark Tower who is absolutely in love with that film. But this one, frankly, it, it just gives me anxiety that I don't need.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well done. And hey, everyone, if you uh, listen, if you want to do a homework assignment, watch the movie that Mark mm. uh, gave you and please tell us how that goes. I
2: would love it if you thought you could do that. Maybe you find it, <laughs> maybe maybe it's a classic that you haven't seen yet. Who knows?
0: Mm, yeah, you never know. You may think mm. differently. I, for example, deeply enjoy Super Mario Brothers. So, mm. you know, you never know.
2: Yes, good. But uh, to all of you who've done the right thing, you have our gratitude, and this podcast wouldn't exist without you doing that.
0: Here, here. I mean, it exists, but like, like it'd be much more shoestring.
2: Oh yeah, and.
0: Like <laughs> be a lot more difficult to to do things without you so super, just to
2: super briefly remind it. people you know you've got some really fucking good content coming up cory and i have plans yes.
0: i'm just getting so excited April. about it we're gonna see
2: some shit we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dig right into the dark underbelly of the british isles yes it's vice gonna be ain't so got much shit on us i swear to god <laughs>
0: And I definitely feel like it's a good time to join the Ko-Fi because I think we will absolutely have some good subscriber-only content that makes it over there as well.
2: I'm planning, uh, the two of us are actually planning to make a brand new London smog of 2023. I've bought a (laughs) fuck ton of nutty slacks (laughs) and a box of matches and we're going to run it back. Just carry
0: a a coal oven around. (laughs) We're going to run it back. (laughs) It's going to be a really good time, so look out for that. Mark, Mm. shall we talk about what we've watched this week? Oh, God, yeah.
2: Fuck, I completely forgot about that. What have we watched this week? Let's have a look.
0: (laughs) Well, I will start while you're looking for your stuff. Yeah, please, please do, please do. Um, I finally got on board and started watching Poker Face. Uh, And in fact, you know I don't binge things very often, but I am completely caught up on it. Yeah, it's so... (laughs) <laughs> never heard of it in like the Mark way, never heard of it. I guess I have talked about it a couple times ah, in I discussing see. Columbo. Uh, this was, this show has sort of thus been one of the many things that has brought Columbo back into the consciousness. And of course, I've been uh, watching Columbo for the first time. I'm through two seasons of that. Um, and Pokerface is literally very intentionally Columbo, but with a a woman lead playing the sort of Columbo role. But with sort of, it's if you mix Columbo with Psych. So, you know, on Psych, you've got Sean, who is like the psychic detective, except he's not really psychic. He's just sort of picked stuff up from uh, his detective father. So he's really good at observing things. Okay, um, And in Poker Face, basically the conceit of this, which is not explained, there's no reason really for this, uh, but uh, Natasha Leone plays a gal named Charlie who has a really good gut instinct and can read people and knows instantly if they're lying. Oh, nice. uh, and after witnessing, uh, or not witnessing, but after uncovering uh, the murder of a friend of hers in the first episode, she's has to go on the run as sort of seedy characters are coming after her to, you know, offer because she now knows things that she shouldn't know. Um, And in each episode, as she is trying to escape from these people, she just by pure happenstance ends up uh, at the center of another murder that's happened and sort of reasons out through noting when people are lying and whatnot, how that murder happened yeah uh and it is so much fun like if you like Columbo, you will absolutely love poker face natasha leone is a treasure um it's just it's so much fun it's that kind of it's got that old school feel to it it feels like how old is it you know it it's new okay it's yeah it episodes release weekly there's one more episode next week i believe um and it's yeah, it's just like a, a super fun show that if you like those kind of detective procedurals that are kind of lighthearted and uh, but also very dark at the same time, this yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. scratches that itch. Like, if you're just not in the mood to watch a bunch of HBO stuff and things like that. Like this mm. makes you feel like you're watching TV in the 90s or oh, I, I guess in that. the 70s, you know, <laughs> but very like very nice. much feels like that kind of stuff. It is so much fun. Cool. Big rec- recommend Poker Face.
2: It's uh, it's a show, it's a TV show. Yeah, TV show. Right, cool. I'm actually going to watch that. that. That appeals. Yeah, that I think you'll. To me.
0: Yeah, I will text it to you because you won't remember this conversation. But no, <laughs> it's. Uh, I am in the think process really of forgetting
2: like it. it as we speak. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> what are we talking about?
2: Exactly, but yeah. I've got a gap for a show. I, I, I Yeah, I and I think you're going to
0: really enjoy this show. It's a it's Beautiful. a lot of fun. Got a lot of good guests and stuff on it too. Love that. So that's kind of fun as well. Uh,
2: so for my part. Um, I watched this month's video rant film, Time After Time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, A knockabout time travel romp. Uh, (laughs) But I'll say no more about it because I've got thoughts and I'm going to bang those out on video this week. Uh, But thanks, Keo, for putting that on the Wheel of Justice. We're going to do that again uh, next week, I believe.
0: Yes, indeed. We'll put a post Mm -hmm. up for you all to uh, put your picks for the video rant up on our Ko-Fi.
2: Hey, let's talk about Baskin.
0: Oh, yeah. So we watched Baskin.
2: Let's talk about Baskin. Um, yes. Uh, I uh, TikTok b- brought this film to
0: my attention. Mm-hmm. A fucking TikTok! <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is going to keep to see. This is the first time hearing that this is where it comes from, and now I'm like, oh, of course it was TikTok. Okay, but, this makes sense. But, but
2: look, <laughs> that notwithstanding, um, what it's a Turkish uh, Turkish horror from 2015. Um, The plot follows a group of Turkish policemen, all of whom seem shitty, don't they? They mm-hmm. seem like shitty
0: people. I mean, the one guy seems like he's like fine, he's okay. The one who, yeah, we start with the flashback of as a kid, but yeah, I mean, they are. This is a real A cab movie. Yeah, it, like it is. Like these is. guys,
2: shitty kind of bullying, uh, homophobic, fucking, yeah. you know, knucklehead Trid-phobic cops. Awful. Yes, yeah. exactly. Who. I, I I don't know how else to describe it. They stumble upon some kind of hell mouth,
0: right? Is that about right? So they, yeah, I guess yeah. They get called out nature. to some
2: disused building on the outskirts of a town in Turkey, and there are rituals and fucking all manner of weird occultist shite going on. And yeah. uh, one by one, they are pulled into this fucking horrible ritual, and they meet horrible ends. They meet. Uh, have, I, have I have I have I described that? I missed anything, and that's the film, Yeah, I mean, there's it?
0: other, like, little elements of it and whatnot, but I think they'd be too complicated to sort of yeah. explain in any way that would matter. But, yeah, that's the gist of it.
2: Like, I'm quite, quite <clears throat> sure that you and I have a bit of a difference of opinion on this one, didn't we?
0: Yes, we did. Here's the thing. For one thing, you know, I don't, like, demons and hell and, like, religious horror and stuff does nothing for me. Yeah. So, like, I acknowledge out the gate that it wasn't really going to be my thing. I thought... The f- and I noticed in letterbox reviews that people usually like one half or the other. Oh, <laughs> it just yeah, super I can depends. See that. So I thought like the first half of it was like well shot, like yeah. and really interesting. Um, I liked like the setup. If I thought it was like kind of going to go somewhere,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, and then the second half, it's not, It's like the last third of it. Um, it to me was like, you know how I've said about like Terrifier 2, that like after a while, like the violence is just like, there's so much of it that you like tune it out. It doesn't even feel like violence anymore. Like this is like basically just very slow torture. So it's like one by one, you have to watch like a, like 10 to 12 minute thing of this person slowly getting tortured. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I thought, like, the thing about it, too, is it kind of reminded me of what you described um, from how, uh, what was that, Um, Infinity Pool, how you were, like, there are these scenes where there's, like, flashes of stuff and you think you're seeing something dirty, but you're not. Yes. Um, (laughs) That a lot of this is a lot of just, like, flashing of stuff. So you don't, like, see a whole heck of a lot either. So it really just kind of felt like the end of this movie to me was, like, Kind of just like Ooh edgy Look at how violent Things are You know And that like Bored the shit out of me I'm like mm. I'm watching someone Get like their eye Gouged out And I'm like And <laughs> Next Like well, it just so No jaded, impact On it me up. whatsoever Yeah <laughs> So that's why It didn't work for me It just kind of like I felt like The story could have been Really interesting And stuff like that And then it was just Kind of like And then there's a Hell cult And they like Stab things The end
2: So Uh if you like my take, just <laughs> think of what Corey said Reverse and then the that. opposite.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Because the first exactly. half, I was like,
2: "Oh fuck, it's taking a bit of a while to get where it's going, isn't mm-hmm. it?" It's all a and bit it
0: does. Don't get me wrong. It does. <laughs> it and takes then, a while.
2: ooh, there's a hell cult. Ooh, hello.
0: <laughs> right. Uh,
2: and I think that second half was super stylish. I loved how it was lit. I loved how it was, you know, the 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 design of the piece. I love the costumes. I love the fucking the the vibes kicked in.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was what I think go. at the end of it that was what uh I said was I was like, well, I mean it makes sense like the the end of it becomes like vibes forward, which I'm not into and you love, so yeah. it makes perfect sense that like yeah, it would work for for you in that way. Like it's just not Between the of two thing of
2: us, I we enjoyed, enjoyed the entire thing.
0: Yeah, right? If you put us together, yes. you've got a pretty solid movie right here. Yeah. Yeah. So <coughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so not the worst thing I've ever seen. It just kind of, I just, by that point, after a while, I was like, God, this has been going so long. I just started playing mm. Candy Crush. <laughs> oh,
2: fair enough. It, it, does, it did take a while to get there, but the destination I thought was worth it.
0: Fair enough. Uh, um, let me see. Did you watch anything solo? I did. Yeah, I watched a couple things. Um, I watched, I mean, this isn't really in our purview, so I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but I watched The Whale. Oh, okay. Just, just one of the worst it feels like a joke that movie feels like i'm being punked and i don't understand how anyone can watch the whale and be like yes give this the oscar it's it's phenomenal like it is deeply one of the worst things i've ever seen in my entire life it's literally Aronofsky, isn't it aronofsky and it is basically takes place almost entirely in one room And it's just a whole bunch of people coming in and saying shitty, cruel things to Brendan Fraser. And then him going, I'm so sorry that I got so fat that you have to hate me, but you're so wonderful a person. And like the, that's the whole movie. (laughs) That's it. Just someone does something horribly abusive to him and he apologizes and tells them that they're wonderful. And I was like, and then uh, that is punctuated by just like the like worst obesity trauma porn you've ever seen in your life where it's just like constant things like it opens on him like jerking off, you know, being fat and jerking off. And then there's scenes where he's like just housing pizza, shoving it in his face, pouring ranch on and all this stuff. And like the way that he moves around is just always just like deeply labored. And it's like. You know, people who are that size run marathons and shit. Like, That's you know, true. like this is just like the the absolute stereotype of what thin people think fat people are like. Have you it's not seen cruel. it? And I'll, I'm it's probably awful. not going to see it. Obviously. Yeah, you you would not enjoy it. But the
2: what you've described sounds quite similar from a vibes perspective as mother.
0: Yeah, I Which, enjoyed the you know, shit out of Mother. I liked Mother too. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that, and I know a lot of people hate that movie. Oh, I really movie. like Mother, in fact. Um, and maybe it just—I don't think it—it it translates over as well to just you know—and now let's berate a fat guy or whatever mm. you know. And, and this was a play, and it deeply feels like it. It absolutely yeah, yeah, feels yeah, yeah, like yeah, a play, yeah. but not in a good way. Um, quite like,
2: I'd quite like Aronofsky to make some real films. <laughs> Because you know, for a, for a while <coughs> he was one of my absolute favorite filmmakers. He's made some fucking bangers, and I'd quite yeah. like to see if. I more think of he's those, done please. doing that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. This is just a catastrophe of a movie, and and Brendan Fraser, of course, is good, but in like something that is just so deeply bad yeah. that it's yeah, it's, it's
2: heartbreaking when awful. There's a creator that you love who isn't by any means prolific.
0: Right, yeah. And
2: when they do work <laughs> and it's, you know, quirky.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's shit. And I do not recommend it. It's just. Oh, okay. Yeah, just deeply trauma porn. And I think it's just like, oh, God. It irritates me on a deep level. Like, sitting there just watching people be cruel to someone. Mm. You know? Like. At just that's not a movie. That's it's a,
2: just it's a toxic awful. miasma.
0: Toxic miasma. Burn Can that you be you the you title know. of this episode <laughs> <laughs> Go. <Gold. laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I also, with the dead and lovely c- crew, watched a dinosaur movie called Claw that okay. I was really rooting for, and also was deeply terrible. Uh. Just an awful movie. Here's the thing that I think really dooms it. Like, it's bad on every level, but the lead character, the female lead in this is a stand-up comedian in the movie, not in real life. Oh, right,
1: okay, okay, okay. In
0: the movie. And she's not funny.
2: Uh,
0: And it's like, you just, you can't... Is it like a
2: sci-fi kind of deal?
0: I mean, it's like, in that vein, but it's not, like, it's not even as... (laughs) Like, well-made as a sci-fi Yo. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Just deeply, deeply awful. Claw is a big miss. Don't watch it. Mm. But I did watch, like I said I would last week, finally, National Treasure.
2: Yay, what'd you think?
0: It was so much fun. And Thank I watched it, you. like, right after The Whale. <laughs> so oh, I was yeah. like, <laughs> God, anti-whale. this is the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. And then I watched yeah. National Treasure right after that. And I was like, yes, this oh, is like...
2: good on you. Yeah, Isn't it just...
0: Fun? adventure i yes, love 100 a good adventure it's an uh, amblin style yeah exactly yeah. and you had said one of the things about this like you know nicholas cage has so much more like sort of range than we give him credit for or whatever and him as like this like debonair like suave guy in this you're like yeah i buy it totally <laughs> for whatever yeah, reason that really, totally works
2: you've encapsulated my thoughts right there mm-hmm. on nicholas cage that guy is Way fucking better than anyone gives him credit for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, National Treasure. I'm, you know, 15 years late on it, but it was so much fun. And cool. I, I watched the other one. There's a show on Disney the Plus, one. National Treasure I did show, which we didn't see. That. Yeah. Is it good? N- no, no, no. I didn't see. I oh, didn't watch right, yeah, it. You, I just you, saw. You saw it. Yeah, yeah. When sure. I searched for National Treasure, <laughs> that came up as well.
2: Hmm. Good on you. Uh, well done.
0: Yeah. What about you? Anything else?
2: Uh, let me see. I took the next step in my Evil Dead Oh, yes, of course. Canon rewatch with Evil Dead 2 on Saturday, like I, I think we mentioned earlier on. And mm-hmm. time does nothing to dull the edge of that film. It is completely resistant to aging. It mm-hmm. looks as fucking good now as it ever did. The, every time I talk about Evil Dead 2, I say the same thing. It's a It's a short movie, right? It's an 89 minute, 90 minute film. And there isn't a single wasted frame. Right. Right. Every second of that film propels it forward to ever more ridiculous, terrible, fucking blood soaked heights. It is a masterpiece. Every fucking second of that film serves the film itself. Uh, I, I adore it. It is one of the greatest things I've ever witnessed.
0: And while I was not actively watching it with you, I was working, but jumping in on the Discord, it was fun to watch, you know, the posse that was there, all kind of on that same level, just all like (laughs) deeply in love with that movie and, you know, having a great time watching it. So yeah, hopefully I'll be able to jump in with you when you watch Army of Darkness. I would love that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let
2: me see. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Apart from Cats, Eye, no, that's it. That's the watches for this week. Yeah,
0: I also I did watch again. This not necessarily in our purview, but I watched the weekend concert that was on um, okay on HBO Max. Yeah, oh, so good. Oh yeah, I, it was yeah. Just like as soon as it it caught me because the thing is, you know, whenever HBO starts something, it's like always like skip uh, ads, skip trailers, skip you know yeah, skip yeah, yeah, sure. theme you know I'm like god damn it I just want to watch the show and I missed the skip ads part of it and it was an ad for the concert and I was watching um, last week tonight and like literally the entire time I was watching last week tonight I was like I just kind of really want to be watching that concert right now mm. And so as soon as it was over, I put it on and it was great. Unfortunately, then I went on the internet and immediately, like, the first thing I clicked on was about The weekend and Sam Levinson being shitty on, like, the new HBO show that they're making. So I was like, yeah, 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 cool, 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 because all men are going to disappoint you. But, <laughs> it, but you were allowed to still enjoy the content
2: because you didn't know.
0: Yeah, I didn't know then. It was If I had looked, you know, an hour and a half late, earlier, then it would have been an issue. But it was so good.
2: Delighted to hear that. Uh, Those watches once again were time after time. Baskin, Evil Dead Two, Cat's Eye,
0: National Treasure, The Whale, National Poker Face, The
2: Whale, all good things. Yes, Mm -hmm,
0: indeed. Always on our blog at jackofallgraves.com, and I've started putting them in the description as well. So you know, if you didn't catch what we were talking about, it's also in the description for you to find. So efficient. I know, right? It's always just mad props to Anna Ludlow for early in Jack of All Graves, you know, messaging you and being like, hey, can you say like the names more than once (laughs) when you talk about a movie? And we've been doing that ever since. Doing my very best. You know, I think that it, yeah, it's helpful, I hope, to other people to hear what we're saying. So thank you to Anna for No One Left Behind. No One Left Behind. Uh, you wanted to talk about something this week, Mark. So, what was it?
2: It's it's quite it's quite vague, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, like I said earlier on, that like the kind of the visible spectrum of the world that we inhabit mm-hmm. is just that fraction of what is really around us. Mm. When you think about the the this. How do, we, how do we live in this world when there's so many things that seem to defy logic and categorization? There's so many things that... If, yeah,
0: welcome to my lifelong crisis, Mark. Yeah. The, the, <gasps> this is what
1: made me
2: Christian! There are so many things going on at any one time around us that if we tried to deal with them all, mm-hmm. we couldn't live. We wouldn't live. Mm-hmm. I, I I know I'm maybe not making much sense right but
0: yeah, I, I think I kinda do I, you know? I get where you're going with this, but go on yeah just, let's let's hear it what's on your mind
2: uh, uh, all of these might sound disjointed right but these are these are facts
0: mm-hmm.
2: incontrovertible facts which don't quite fit in with the life that I live
0: <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, sure,
2: for example. Ah oh, fuck! This sounds so. It sounds ridiculous saying it out loud, but when it, it just based on in and of themselves, right? These things might not matter much, mm-hmm. but you put them all together, and it's it's just it, it it. It's it's difficult to live in this earth, isn't it? Yeah. Right. You can. Uh, I I'm sorry to drop this on you, right? Because I know you hate oh,
0: no. this. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm right? readying myself. Let's go.
2: There's an estimated 6.7 million people, right, walking around in the United States
0: mm-hmm. with
2: an unruptured aneurysm, right?
0: No! Oh, come on! Mate,
2: that's one in 50 fucking people.
0: No, come on. This is... I think about this every day of my life. I'm not kidding. The other day, I woke up in the middle of the night with, like, a bad headache, and yeah. the first thing I did was Google, like, what are aneurysm signs, like, yeah. what's an aneurysm headache feel like, and things like that. It... Deeply terrifies me.
2: Well, this is. Like, Jogs as a space to fucking just explore this and then put it back in a box afterwards, right? Put it mm-hmm. back in a box. But an aneurysm in the States ruptures once every 18 minutes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Once every 18 minutes. Pop. Funk. Fuck me. Wild. Mm-hmm. But that's. You know, you. That's just one fucking. You can die for no good reason, right? No
0: good reason. It just all of a sudden pops. S-A-D-S,
2: SAD, Sudden arrhythmic Death Syndrome, right? Mm -hmm. In the UK, uh, about 500 people a year get this. That's from the British Heart Foundation. In the States, you've got about 200,000 people a year dying of this. That's the American Heart Foundation. It's just a sudden bang, onset cardiac event, and you die. And why? Nobody fucking knows. But people Mm. just drop the fuck dead all the time. For nothing.
0: I hate that. This is how you hit just right out the gate to things that stress me out. Aneurysms and things with my heart.
2: <laughs> it could happen at any point to any one of us.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true.
2: Yeah? Do you see where, do you yeah. see where I'm going? Right? Yeah. Little kids, right? <laughs> Toddlers. Little kids. Mm-hmm. They're walking around with their adult teeth nestled right under their eye sockets.
0: <laughs> I feel like I remember learning that, that when I was young. And that is deeply disturbing
2: my kids my two kids who i love (laughs) i'm look i look at them now and i just see fucking teeth
0: right because it's like where else would they be i i thought maybe they formed oh yeah sure like yeah over time you
2: yeah like they grew in no they're just always there from birth yeah we're
0: technically like i guess because that's how sharks work right they just keep making i mean not making new teeth but they're like they're just waiting Rows and rows of teeth. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't we be like that too?
2: They're just there in their skull, waiting to drop down.
0: Can you feel them? Can you like press your kid's cheeks and be like, "Oh, there's well, teeth." Well, they're both
2: asleep. Should I do that? Should I go up <laughs> and just do it palpate now. their faces? <laughs> right. I'm for your teeth. Sneaky mm-hmm. like a ninja. Go. <laughs> <laughs> if they wake up, I'll just say that. They, tell them it's a dream.
0: Uh, <laughs> and Gaslight then there's, them, yes.
2: And then there's like existential stuff weird kind of existential stuff right
1: mm-hmm.
2: consider right that you there's a this there's, there's a different version of you that exists in the minds of everyone who knows you
0: did you like seriously did you just go through like my diary and start Not. like <laughs> explaining all of like, what no, what didn't. is she really nervous about
2: the only true, real, full picture of yourself is is the one you carry around in your head. For everyone else who only sees you at certain times, in certain circumstances, yeah. in certain environments, with other people, in different contexts, in different places, everyone has a different fucking picture of you, a different fucking version of you. Yeah. Everyone you know.
0: Yeah, that stresses me out a what lot. What is up with that, that? Yeah, I think about that one a lot. Uh I mean, that's probably on brand, you know, anxiety and all that kind of stuff. But Mm. that is such like a fascinating thing. It it usually dawns on me when someone will like expect something of me or things like that that I don't feel is in line with my personality. Yeah. You know, and then it starts. I start thinking about that and sort of spiraling on that thought of like nobody has a sense of my interiority besides me. And you only know someone in so far as like you interact with them. You know, you can only, you can know someone deeply and things like that, but at the same time, you can never be fully aware of that interiority. So no one who interacts with me really gets me, you know? No one. (laughs) And that is a, that's a wild concept to me that I am different things to different people. And I often, think a lot about people's responses to me you know whether that is people who really like me or whether that's people who i can tell think i'm weird or like you know whatever the case may be i think a lot about like the people having an interpretation of me that is only based on like what their experiences are you know (laughs) like how Mm. they move through life and what their interiority is like affects how they think about me (laughs) that's not fair
2: (laughs) but what can you do about it nothing How are you supposed to live? How are you supposed to carry on? Right. How are you supposed to carry on knowing that there's a condition called Diphalia, which affects roughly one in five million males.
0: You're born with two dicks, mate. Born
2: with two cocks.
0: As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, no, this certainly can't be.
2: Diphalia. How many people? One in five million, roughly.
1: Okay. Wow.
2: One in every five million. And they might have... You know, uh, they might have differing levels of functionality. Mm-hmm. One might be just a kind of a vestigial kind of thing that a doctor can snip off nice and easily.
0: Yeah, I was wondering, like, is there like a standard thing they do for that? But
2: there's a guy, right? Or at least mm-hmm. he was around in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, who anonymously goes by the initials Triple D. Uh
0: huh.
2: Right. Yep. Sure. And he's been interviewed by the BBC. He's been interviewed in Newsweek. He's been all he's been interviewed all over the place, and he's written a book right, mm-hmm. uh, called My Life with Two Penises. Uh-huh. This guy claims, and the BBC say that they've seen corroborating photographic evidence, uh-huh. right, that he has two perfectly functional, independently working schlongs. Wow. Uh, he that sounds, claims...
0: like, cumbersome, to be honest. It's like it that, does. you remember there was that guy who, like, couldn't stop orgasming?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, like it feels like, like it would be like having two fully functioning penises feels like it would be like. Yes. Like you calm one down, the other one's like, hey, what about me? Exactly,
2: like... exactly. But this guy claims to have slept with over a thousand people. Uh, right. He claims that it was a nightmare growing up.
0: Yeah, I would bet.
2: And lives under a a shroud of anonymity, save for this book that he's written under that pseudonym.
0: And the thousand people who apparently and the thousand know. Thousand people who, who know, he is, know. Yeah. and yeah. definitely tell everyone they know about the guy they slept with yes. with two dicks. I mean not exactly really flying under the radar there, is he?
2: No, I guess. <laughs> but again, how Like are you, you know to every
0: time every time he walks into a bar or something like that, people go, <laughs> Oh, that guy. he has got two dicks. D- triple D. hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know, man. And just just other things. I mean, there's what if I were to tell you, right? There's a, a there's a particular species of jellyfish called uh, Turritopsis Dorniae, right? Mm-hmm. That is functionally immortal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Incredible I do stuff. You know about this? Yeah. Goes through uh, uh, the kind of the stages of life. It starts off as a larvae. It it spreads to like a, a colony of polyps. And each one of these polyps becomes a separate jellyfish. But it's only tiny. It's like four and a half millimeters big. But if you damage it, if you scare it, if you hurt it or even if it starves it just ping regresses back into that polyp stage and starts the whole fucking thing again
0: just so wild functional immortality and and, i mean that's on top of obviously it's not to that degree but like that we know that like lobsters we don't understand Mm -hmm. how they work but they're kind of more or less immortal like mm. basically the only reason they die is like eventually their shell kind of stops mm. uh molting yes yes, yes. Um, and Trapping so them, they yeah. die from yeah they get like trapped in them but other than that it's like for whatever reason there's They'll like just carry you know, on. if they don't if no predator gets to them or anything like that if we don't they eat simply them won't die yeah they will simply carry on and w- and that we like we have no idea why that is there's like guesses about that it's like telomerase or whatever is like one of the leading the, theories on it but nobody's sure why that is
2: the jellyfish benefit from a process called transdifferentiation, right mm-hmm. what a beautiful fucking word trans <laughs> um that so cells right adult cells fully grown cells which have been locked into a particular type of tissue in these jellyfish can just ping change into a different type of cell bananas the fuck
0: they're and they're doing the whole right potato now. on their own.
2: That's what they're doing. They're doing the entire thing themselves. Um, Incredible. I did I did I did mention on Facebook uh, this week there was a phenomenally interesting uh, AMA, Ask Me Anything, with a group of mycologists, that's with a group right, of yeah. uh, mycology students, uh, mega mushroom boffins, right? <laughs>
1: uh,
2: and I'm going to quote right one of the questions uh, from a Reddit user called Movie Underscore Slug. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, his question was, it's theorised that climate change will increase the average temperature, and as fungus adapt to this temperature, they'll be more likely to infect humans. If fungi could evolve this way, blah, 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 blah. The response, right, from one of these uh, uh, Michael Boffins, the argument in The Last of Us about climate change leading to harmless environmental fungi developing thermotolerance that eventually allows them to withstand mammalian body temperatures is actually the only scientifically valid part of that show's premise. <laughs> Very awesome. plausible.
0: Did anyone ask the ask the boffins how do we make the fungus our friends?
2: No, plenty of people ask the boffins why are fungal infections so tenacious in a way mm. that maybe bacterial or viral infections aren't.
0: That's a really good question.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are loads. Of, I've I've linked. I have linked the AMA on Facebook, so I would I would urge you to have a read. It's fascinating. But here's the thing, which is, which is terrifying me about this AMA, right? Is that <laughs> uh, it's speculated by some mycologists that that has already mm. happened, Mm-mm. right? Oh, uh, don't
1: love
0: it.
2: So I'm right now on the uh, cdc.gov page, right? Center for Disease Control. Mm-hmm. And they've, they have classified a uh, fungal, uh, a fungus called Candida auris. Mm-hmm. I quote... Candida auris is an emerging fungus that presents a serious global health threat. Okay.
0: The
2: CDC is concerned about it for three main reasons. It's multi-drug resistant.
0: Oh, cool. Oh, yeah.
2: Very difficult to identify with standard laboratory methods mm-hmm. and has caused outbreaks in healthcare settings.
0: What, do the, what happens in the outbreaks? What happens when you contract this?
2: Oh, what a fantastic question.
0: <laughs> like, it's just like, and I just have a fungus living in me. Listen, we're copacetic. It's fine. Uh, I eat a lot of mushrooms. I feel like it's only only fair that they I can host them in my body. But then, if it turns me into like a Last of Us zombie, or you know, if I smell like mushrooms all the time or something like that, then all right, here we go.
2: Here we go. I don't want it. Uh, it makes infections difficult to treat. Uh, here we go. Here we go. What types of infections? Bloodstream infections, wound infections, ear infections. Uh respiratory and urinal infections. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's rough. It's rough shit. And That's like a lot of different things. Here's the thing, right? It was first discovered in 2009, but there mm-hmm. are no records of this fungus anywhere before the nineteen nineties.
0: So it just it just appeared.
2: Did it if, did it did it adapt? Did it adapt because of it's been theorized by a few mycologists that it adapted Two rising temperatures.
0: <sighs> Sweet lord. Yeah, man. We're just, How are you supposed to live? We're just fungus houses waiting How to be inhabited.
2: are you supposed to walk around in the world knowing I know. this?
0: I don't know. <laughs> it's so difficult. Ah, the world is I mean? full of dangers.
2: And it isn't just the dangers. It's the fucking... Any one of these things on their own, like I said. All right. Oh, that's a bit weird. But... <laughs> This is just the tip of the tip of the tip of the fucking iceberg of weird ass shit which is going on yeah. in and around our bodies on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. Is it's it's weird. And, like, we make up such, you know, wild worlds of alien things and all that kind of stuff, our speculative yes. fiction and all of that yes. kind of thing, when every time we look at what's actually around us... yes. It's full of alien concepts and things that we simply cannot comprehend and don't want to know where are are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: mad. It's like the first time you ever see like deep sea fish, you know, and you're just like, sweet Christ, that is on this planet with us, you know, like
2: it's why it's why I I I don't eat like prawns or shrimp mm -hmm. because they're sea bugs, aren't they? They're sea fucking bugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fair yeah just there's fine, one time that, finally like, though Go oh, go on please oh no i was it's non sequitur but i was just gonna say it's like one time that my sister and i we did like this big 5k thing where it was like a a wipe out 5k so it was like obstacle oh, courses beautiful. and all that kind of stuff and then How afterwards did you cope with we're, your like, joints on that it's <laughs> The way I do everything else, just, you know, deal with the consequences later. (laughs) Um, But we were like afterwards, we're like, we're going to treat ourselves to like whole lobsters at Red Lobster. And, you know, you know, I I love lobster, you Uh know, lobster roll or whatever. But when they placed that lobster down in front of me, I was like, I cannot eat this. That is a giant cricket. <laughs> what, am I supposed to, what am I supposed to do with this? And my poor little sister, before she could eat her meal, had to take my entire lobster apart and yeah. put the like meat on my plate. It is. It's some
2: Naked Lunch Interzone mugwump shit, isn't it? And, it's...
0: Yeah, I don't like it. No, no I do not.
2: <laughs> um, but on the other, completely on the other side of the coin, right? Mm-hmm. There's also stuff, Immutable Truths. That restore one's sense of wonder, mm-hmm. right? True. And I yeah. kind of end on that. Yeah. If you, if you, if you, from a certain angle, right? The human brain, right, has named and categorized itself.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: Do you see what I'm saying? No. Go on. The human brain has come Uh up with a name for itself, the brain.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I see it now. Yep, that's true. (laughs) The brain is also aware. It's told us how to think about itself.
2: It has named itself.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And if... if This is... I'm sorry. Like, just... (laughs) Because that's such a funny thought, is when you think about it that way, it's almost as if all of our, like, neuroscience and everything is just our brain's screaming out to try to get us to understand it yeah <laughs> like come on this yep. is
2: and the world just, around i'm trying
0: it. to tell you how i work uh
2: and it, let's go down that hole just a little bit deeper and think about mm-hmm. the materials that we're made of right the nitrogen the carbon the oxygen all of the fucking all of the elements the heavy elements yeah it's kind of accepted Wisdom by now that they were all created in fucking star reactions right. four and a half five billion years ago, right? <laughs> so there's a, a a a philosopher, an American philosopher by the name Valen Wilson Watts, right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you take everything that I've just said as true, which I am prepared to. <laughs> He's, a quote of his is that through our eyes, the universe is perceiving itself.
0: Mm, I've heard that before. Yeah. It's
2: fucking beautiful. If, if we're <laughs> star material and a, uh, that has developed consciousness, we are the fucking universe looking in at it itself.
0: That's, did you ever see the – it was like a music video, one of those auto-tuned things, and it was of Carl Sagan. Mm. And uh, that was like the whole thing, you know, we're made of star stuff, and yeah. we're all connected to each other and all of this kind of stuff. And It was like – I think that line may have even been in that video, but it's such a – yeah, it's a – what an incredible way to look at – you know, we've talked many times about like what is – if life is meaningless, then what do we make of that and things, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of come to the conclusion that that's actually what makes it kind that's, of beautiful. Yeah, right? that's the
2: paradox. The meaninglessness is the meaning.
0: And thinking of, yeah, the kind of ways in which yeah we are, you know, the universe looking back at itself or we are, you know, all just star stuff. We are all connected through this just web of chemicals and you know elements all this kind of stuff is kind of amazing when you think about it
2: i've still got some thinking to do about the connected piece but Mm -hmm. i i it it was revelatory to me (laughs) to explore that little angle there that if we are if we are material made by the universe billions of years ago we are now we are a universe regarding itself which is fucking wild I love it. Mmm. How are you supposed to live with all this? <laughs> oh, I don't to... know,
0: but I, I like the stuff, like, you know, going there with it mm. instead of, you know, hovering on the aneurysms.
2: Yes. <laughs> I mean, there is there is one thing that you can do to make sense of all of this.
0: What's that? Why? Stay spooky. That's the ticket.
1: We're all connected to each other, biologically, to the earth, chemically,
2: to the rest of the universe, atomically. I think nature's imagination is so
1: much greater than man's, she's never gonna let us us, us, rely, relax.